It's the Duffin' Up Podcast. All right, Duff Daddies and Duff Mamas, we have a very, very special guest on for you this week. We have the man who is currently doing his best, trying to break par at Pitch and Putt, even though he's done it, but he's doing it again. Awesome, he's going to do it again. We have the man who one day will design a top 100 course in America. And of course, we have the one, the only, Ryan McHugh on our program tonight. Ryan, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. I'm happy to, happy to be here. I appreciate you guys having me. This will be this will be a good time. First question out the gate: How many times have you broken par at Pitch and Putt? I'm uh, I'm six and five all time. So wow, a little over fifty percent. Wow. I don't even think I'm close. I think I'm over twelve. So you know what? Hey, you're 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 beating us. That's all that matters on that side. That's a, that's an awesome series. Like it's such a tangible thing when you like, because you can pitch it, but like how, how far is each hole? Like on average, is there, you know, 15 yard holes, is there hundred yard holes? What's like the, what's the average? Uh, so the course I play the most has a pitch and putt. So that's the pitch and putt. I play the most, obviously that's like, you know, 15 minutes away from my house. Uh, the shortest one's 48 yards. The longest one's 98 yards. But I get a ton of comments. People are like, bro, how do you not like it's not that easy to break no. par at anything? People think it's like and and I, for reference, like I'm a my handicap right now is two point a little over 50% doing it. But I get comments and people are like, How do you not do that every time? And it's like it's not that easy. No. Obviously, it's not possible, but it's like if you're like a 10, you're not gonna go break par at pitch and putt. I'll bet my life on it. So no. it's like um and and for some background how that came to be i play with my dad and my brother every sunday um and the course i play we normally play green knoll and that's where the pitching butt is and i just played like trash and it was all my wedges and i was pissed so i was like i'm like i'll just meet you guys home in like 30 minutes i'm like i'm gonna go play the pitching putt and as i was playing i wasn't recording or anything i was just playing like as actual practice because it is really good practice um so I was like walking. I'm like, I'm like, let's see if I can break par here. And then I just was like, I'll go back next week and record. So that's kind of where that came from. That's fantastic. I mean, it's a genius series. It's an it absolute genius series. And also, that is the one thing. Like the hateful comments, also, I think even make it better. Like half the time when I get hate on on like videos, I'm like, this just makes it better because it's how it's people who don't even know what they're talking about. So it's great. Have you ever hit a six? I want to say to them, like, have you ever even hit a sixty degree wedge? Do you know how hard it can be to hit a sixty <laughs> degree wedge? It can be brutal. Dude, I I always tell people if you're not good at chipping, don't use a sixty degree wedge. And people are like, you need one. I'm like, you really don't. I'm like, I have one in my bag now, but I didn't have one for like three years. And I, and the reason I didn't, I played with this guy in Bermuda. Um, and I was probably like a 10 at the time. And we were playing, he was a 10. Uh, we were all on a cruise and I didn't know the guy. He actually ended up being from New Jersey. And that was one of the most fun rounds of golf I've ever played. He was like buying shots. We were, we were boozing pretty aggressively there, but, uh, before the match like oh let's play like a dollar a hole whatever and he was like i'm a 10 i was like i'm a 10 we were like let's do it and i chunked a shot on my 60 i was like fuck this fuck that like i fucking hate this club he goes dude he goes a month ago i was doing the same thing and my friend threw it in the lake for me he goes best decision i ever made he goes just don't use it the rest of the day so i was like all right and i didn't use it the rest of the day and then i was like why do i even have this in my bag like there's no point uh, so i didn't even play one 
for like two, three years. And now I do have one back in my bag, but I always say I play good. I won't hit it. That's kind of the metric. People like live and die by them. Like they're not easy to hit. You're just making it harder for yourself. No, I have definitely learned to hit it a lot recently. So I used to have a 60 degree, a Cleveland wedge, obviously love Cleveland wedges. That's my go-to brand. That's my go-to brand for them. Um, I, I know I get a lot of hate because I say I don't really like Vogies and I like Cleveland over it. And people are just like, you just don't know good things. I'm like, I also like Odyssey putters over uh, Scotty Cameron putters and everyone gets mad at me for that too. So maybe I do like trash. That's okay to like trash. But anyways, um, I, uh, I started playing, I got this 60 degree wedge and it was a gift from my aunt and uncle when I was like 22 as like a college graduation present. And it was a 60 degree wedge with 12 ounce on it. And I was like, I cannot hit this club. I was like, I don't yeah. know how this exists. Um, this is impossible. And so I literally just kept it in my bag for like six years. I never touched it. I got a new 60 degree wedge, I think like two years ago and I've been using it and it's a normal wedge. And I'm like, okay, this works now. Like now I can use it, but I definitely, Tim and I played with a couple other guys in our, in our scramble and there was one hole uh, where I almost drove the green and I took out my 60 degree wedge and I should have used my 56 cause I wanted to bump and run it. And it just stopped on a, not on a dime, but it stopped pretty quickly. And I was like, shouldn't have done that. Should not have done that. You know what I, you know what I, I was thinking about when you said the yardages of those, would you say, you know, 45 to 95 yards, I'm thinking about yeah. like when we're playing a short par four and I'm so guilty of this and you can tell all these haters that it is not that easy. Think about like a short par four, you drive the ball and you're somewhere between, you know, you have a great drive. You're, you're 60 yards out. So let's say it's a 300 and whatever, three, say 370 yard hole and you hit it 310, you're pumped, you hit it. Awesome drive. How many times are you actually making par there? Because I know in my my defense or in your defense as to how hard it is, how many people are getting up and down for not birdie, but for par. And I, I know I'm making bogey because I'm chunking that. I'm so pumped that I make that 310 yard drive and I'm chunking it 10 feet. And then I got to get up and down for par. And I know I'm getting on the green and then two putting for a bogey. I mean, I, so basically every single hole you're playing is like a little par three. Um, but it's just so much art because I'm sure the greens are way smaller than than any other course. You know what I mean? I, I can't believe people are uh, thinking it's that easy. Sorry, I'm stuck on this. And and uh, but I, I just I appreciate how hard it is to do a pitch and putt in under par. And so six and five or five for six. That's an incredible feat. Yeah. Well, also with like a 50, 60 yard shot, like if you ask, uh, I was I was watching like stuff with the pros because Taylor made does a lot of this stuff they were saying Dustin Johnson's like I don't practice 50 yard shots he goes if I'm no. laying up on a five he goes I lay up to 80 yards so it's like a weird number um in general at 50 to 60 so like people are like oh I chunk this all the time I really struggle with that number like it's because it's a hard number to hit super um I'm comfortable with it but I don't like yeah if I'm playing pitch and putt off a turf mat yeah I'll hit a six degree wedge 45 yards whatever but and real turf like i hit a 56 degree off my front foot uh with like my weight forward and i just put a little more on it than like i would with a chip and that shot's fine but i don't go like pin seeking on those because if you try to get if you try to go super high in the air with it you could chunk it you could blade it like so many things can go wrong 
where it's like run one up, um, ideally be below the hole and, and give yourself a good look. Like you can't, I don't know, people try to chase birdies. Like it's not that easy to make a birdie. Birdies just kind of happen where it's like, I always just focus on like get myself in a good position to make a par. And if I'm out of position, it's like give myself a chance to make a par. And if I'm not going to make a par, don't make a double bogey. So like pigeon butt's good because it gets you dialed in with those wedges, but on a course, like 50 yards out of rough is not an easy shot. You're not going to be able to spin it. No. Uh, if you try to open a 60 in the rough, you could get right under it. If it's sitting down, you're going to blade it. So like, I always just play those off my front foot and, and try to give myself a look, but people are like, Oh, you should be making a birdie. It's like, not really. There are a lot of, a lot of scenarios that can go wrong there. Yep. Makes total Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. Oh man. No, totally agree on that side. And, and I, I do think it's just like a course management thing too. Cause Lord knows I don't have any course management. Uh, I just <laughs> kind of see ball hip ball and wherever it goes, it goes. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I do think like the importance of the short game and I think Tim and I learned it too uh, this past week. Um, it, I think it's so much more important to practice your short game. And like like you said, like 50 yards and in, 60 yards in is kind of tough to practice because you're either in between clubs or you don't know exactly what shot you want to hit. But at the same time, I feel like when you get into those, it, it's it's very nice to be able to kind of pull out an old reliable. And everyone does, like you said, everyone wants to hit the 60 degree because they see how high it goes and they can spit and they want to try and spin it. I just think it's like whatever, like if you want to take out like a, a pitching wedge and you want to do basically just like a quarter swing or whatever you want to do, like I feel like it's all about feeling. It's all about just doing what doing what you want to do on that shot. Oh, how, how far how far on your front foot are you putting that that wedge? Uh, so I'm a righty, so it'll be off my left heel. Your left heel, okay. Yeah. And you're doing that for a little scoot and stop kind of thing? Yeah, generally um, one hop checks up nicely and releases to the hole. Because, like, the other thing is, like, you'll watch Justin Thomas throw a dart, you know, one hop, and it'll stop on a dime next to the hole. Like we can't do that. You know no, what I mean? No, <laughs> no, shot. no we, we no can't shot. do that. Uh, so it's like, why even try? It's just not going to happen. And those guys also get new wedges every month. So the grooves on them are brand new and sharp. Like Amen. And my wedges, I probably played a hundred rounds in my wedges. Like I don't think I physically could do that. Let alone if I had the right equipment, I still couldn't do it. I was about to say new wedges every month. They get it for every turn. Like, I feel like they get new wedges every tournament almost like it's nuts. I remember we had uh, Sarah on the podcast, shout out Sarah. And she was like, yeah, you should probably switch out your wedges like every six months. I'm like, who are you money bags McGee to tell me <laughs> that I can switch out my wedges every six months. And how do I do that? Yeah. We're going to drop 300 bucks every month. Jeez, is they're expensive. Shout out Cleveland Wedges, too. I'm, I'm a Cleveland guy, so. Are you? Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Cleveland guys. Yeah. Love, love them. I, got the, I have the RTX 4s, the Tor Raw, so they're, like, all rusted out. Love them. Love them. Gotcha. Those those look good, too. Those I do, I do like the, the look of those as well. Yeah, I think I have the CTX for my 60. My 56 is old. Like, it is. It, it, I mean, there's probably not a single groove that's still sharp on it, which is probably <laughs> why I can play a bump and run really well with it. Um, but, and then I just got, so I have those two and then I have a 50 degree 
kind of Callaway uh, approach attack wedge that I got with like my set. So mm-hmm. it's, it's those three, but yeah, I mean, Cleveland wedges are amazing. Like, I yes. don't know why people, why people say they're not like, I get it. Like, and, and like, we're from Massachusetts. So and Massachusetts and Rhode Island. So like, obviously mm-hmm. like Titleist is huge here. Like Titleist is enormous. Yeah. Like it started here, but like, I just think like, it, they're, they're fine. They're good wedges, but like, they're just, I don't have the same feel. And I feel like they get too cute with like the grades and the bounces. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I don't know the difference between the M, the G and the F. And if I have to look that up on my phone, I probably don't need it. So like, just give me a wedge. Well, no, correct, me if, correct me if I'm wrong. Cleveland was the wedge to have. Uh, because they were the holders of the technology, the zip groove and everything like yep. that. And so they were the beholder of this grand wedge that had these zip grooves that could take a ball and spin it back from, you know, 25 yards back to the front of the green uh, where the pin is. But then all of a sudden, the, the PGA Tour obviously outlawed the zip grooves and, and whatever and whatnot. So it kind of put all the other wedges on an even playing field. So Cleveland, it's not that they got worse. It's just that everyone else kind of moved up on the same level. So it basically was like, what brand do you like better? Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that kind of like how it got to be where it is now? Is that true? I actually, have, I have no idea. I'll be yeah, yeah. And I'll be uh, completely honest. I have no idea either. I just always really like Cleveland wedges. So that's <laughs> why I <played> them. <laughs> oh my God. I can't believe I knew all that. That's impressive. I just remember, I remember playing in a league with this guy who is like a 30 handicap. He must've been and super nice guy. His name's John. And uh, he had the Cleveland wedges. And I, I, I had these old Slazenger wedges that I was, you know, I bought from a yard sale, whatever. And there was like a hundred yard hole and I could not hold the green. And obviously the green for like rock hard or whatever, but this guy, 30 handicap could just stick the green. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? He's spinning it back. And I look and he's got the Cleveland He's got these super nice zip grooves and illegal now, obviously. And it makes so much sense. Then they outlawed them and whatnot. But yeah, Cleveland wedges. I, I was always, every time I played PGA tour and created a character, I always put Cleveland wedges in the bag. I don't have them now, but um, they, that's, they were the wedge to have back in the day, especially with those zip grooves. I still play them. All right. So Ryan, we got to tell the people about your flags. All right, yeah. People, so he, tell the people about the flags. What are they all about? Um, if you look in the background, he has a Pinehurst number two flag all framed and stuff. So Ryan, tell me, tell the viewers, the listeners about uh, these this flag situation you got going on. So yeah, so I got, uh, for the people not viewing this, I got a Pinehurst number two flag behind me on my right and then on my left i got an aaron hills so i buy flags at every top 100 course i play um i have a lot more than just than those two but those ones are in the frame uh so that's kind of my go-to collection for golf i mean i, I totally buy shirts and shit there too but uh the flags course, i display of course so the flag uh, is a nice memento. I feel like it's it's a nice memento they i i know we talked about it earlier they charge way too much for a flag because it's literally a piece of cloth but yeah i'm gonna be the sucker that also buys probably a 45 dollars flag when it should be worth like maybe ten dollars but 
They're very nice mementos. And I know Tim's got one. Our other buddy, Brian, went to the practice round at the U.S. Open, and he got one, and he had a bunch of guys sign it. And uh, very, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a great little thing to have, I think. Yeah, they no, they look good in the frame. I got, I have a Whistling Straits one in here. Um, I got Scioto, Sci- a lot of people aren't familiar with. It's like 50-something in the top 100. It's the course Jack Nicholas grew up on. Place was gotcha. unreal. Um, hopefully I can get back there soon. Uh, Valhalla, obviously they've hosted a ton of events. Oh yeah. Pinehurst number four. I bought their flag cause it's sweet. And that yeah, course is, is oh going to get God, into the top hundred. Have you guys ever played there? No, but the flag is unbelievable. I mean, obviously I've watched yeah. the other, uh, the four play pod and playing there. And that's, they, everyone says number four is they like it better than two. You know, that yeah, so I played. I've I played at Pinehurst uh, back in 2015, and it was number two, number four, number seven, and then I think we played number one, and they were just like, "Yeah, number one's fine," but like because it, it's the original one, so it's a yeah. lot shorter. But uh, but yeah, no, number four's sick. Yeah, and I think they redid four in 2018, like Corin Crenshaw did it, and it's it was sick. Um, that's that was better than multiple of the top 100s i've played like that that was a top 50 course to me honestly and number two's number two is unreal because of the history and stuff but mm-hmm. i mean two's just it's the green comics are so hard and it's long enough to like host a tournament like number four was just as good just wouldn't like fit well for a tournament because a lot of the holes go around the water um like just viewing wise like it wouldn't it wouldn't be a good tournament course where like number two has that kind of going for it um but four was unreal and then the they're two flags i don't have that i need to get uh in my in my top 100 list but i, I think i'll go back there at some point um so there there are two outstanding that i need to buy but i do got a bunch of them just sitting under my bed too because i can't frame yeah i can't frame <laughs> a dozen a dozen golf flags in my room so <laughs> yeah so i can imagine i mean tim tim always talks about it too like kind of that area with like a great, amazing course, uh, but just something you can't really play a tournament. I feel like Pine Valley in New Jersey is like, is exactly that. And Tim goes on it all the time. He's like, it's just too small. It's what, it's a great course. It's so narrow. And it's just, but it's just like, it's not on enough like landmass to host a tournament basically. Have you played it? No. Are you kidding me? Oh, I don't have. No, I wish. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) I was going to say, we were about to get some some information. No, uh, I, We would have a three-hour podcast just Timmy asking you about every single oh blade of grass on that God. entire I, I, oh my I, I think I will get out there at some point, but um, no, I've not built it. Um, I mean, it's super, what's it called? Um, not like a bet, but it's very, it's very, very private, right? Oh, yeah, it's, it's invite only. It's more exclusive than like Augusta. Um, which I don't know. I it, I would if I ever get invited there, I'm canceling whatever I have and going to play it. Um, no doubt. I'll, whatever. I'll I'll be there. But um, well, wait, I got a question for you. Would you rather play P- Pine Valley, would or would you rather play Augusta National? So Pine Valley. I'm from Jersey. Like I take I take even though I've never even seen the course. Like I. I would take pride in that because it's ranked the best course in the world and I'm from New Jersey. So I'd rather play Pine Valley, as crazy as that might sound. That is a hot take. I like it. That is a hot I'll live by it, though. And I'm, I love Augusta. Like, Augusta, oh. 
course. Same deal. If, if I ever got invited to Augusta, I'm dropping everything. I'm there tomorrow. I'd jump on a plane right now if someone said, hey, we're playing Augusta tomorrow. Then I'm there. I'll be oh, there. sure. Yep. Um, like that's like golf, golf fairyland, but how can you not? How could you not drop everything? That's that's the better question, right? Like how uh, everyone yes. loves Augusta. I mean, I I love I think everyone loves the Masters. Like I kind of go back and forth on it if it's my favorite or not, but that's for another topic for another day or another part of the podcast. But anyways, um, how could you how could you ever decline like playing at like a top course like that? That's it's crazy. No, 100 percent I mean, you'd have to be insane. Doesn't matter what's going on, you cancel it and you go play. Now, how so you played a lot of the top 100 um like ballparks, say you've played. Have you played 20 of the top 100 courses or more than that? No, I think between like 12 and 15 of them. Now you got to, you got to, I don't know, do this for me. Rank in your favorite top three. Where do I want to go? And, Ooh, and if like it's a this. private course, how are you getting these things? Like, do you just know a guy? I mean, is it a Jersey thing? Talk to me. Top three in top no three. specific order. Got to be in order. <laughs> Dude, see, like. I, I don't have an order uh, off off the top. Um, winged foot, Aaron Hills, and the Catanset Club. Winged foot, Aaron Hills, the Catanset Club. Bimbo has a great story about winged foot. Let's hear it. <laughs> um, well, first of all, how the hell did you get on winged foot? I was, I was. Uh... Which leads into my story, but yeah. Keep going. <laughs> I, I was invited Brian's like he knows a guy. I know a guy. Um, I can't say I can't say his name, but I know a guy. <laughs> I yeah, I was I I was invited out there. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. I don't I can't I don't want to like no um, no 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 understand I don't, no, no I, yeah I, I don't know I'm, I'm fortunate to like know uh, know a member there and, and I've gone out with him. Um, it was an unreal experience. Like I would. I would maybe kill a person to join there. It was unbelievable. Probably not. Like, I wouldn't kill a person. I, I'd feel too bad. But severely maimed them. Severely maimed them, but not kill them. Nah. <laughs> but yeah, Wingfoot was absolutely incredible. That was that was one of the coolest years ever. Of course, was so hard. I played because they have East and West. East is also a top. East is like top twenty five or something. But I played West, um, and that was awesome. It was so hard though. Wow. And then, are, well, you guys are up in that area. Are you familiar with the Catanza Club? No. No, where Check is it that? out. Uh, it's in Marion, Mass. Um, like right. Oh, in, that's right near the Cape, right? Yeah. The Catanza Club. No. Uh, uh, super I up. What? Super private. Mm-hmm. Uh, that place was sick. Absolutely love it up there. Um, and then Aaron Hill's. And I'm like, I'm like a Beth Page Black diehard fan, but I don't okay. think I put the black in my top three. Um, even though I absolutely love it. Um, and that's like a classic telling hast, similar style to Winged Foot. Um, but you know, different obviously. And then, but they're both telling hasts. But Aaron Hills was unreal. Like, I think they only moved like a few pieces of land for the tea boxes, and it's just like rolling hills, the land is gorgeous. And that course was hard, but Aaron Hills was unbelievable. I, I would, because I did Whistling Straits as part of it. Well, sorry, Whistling Straits was a package. I went with um, three of my college roommates who went straight from graduation. Cool. 
Whistling Straits was awesome. We played the Straits, the Irish, and there's, of course, Black Wolf Run River, which is also a top 100. Hated that course with passion. I didn't play well. It, a lot. Of, I just didn't like the course. Um, yeah. It was a beautiful course. I didn't like the layout of it. And then we added on an Aaron Hills tee time. And as unbelievable as the Straits was, if I was back in Wisconsin, I would rather just play Aaron Hills like three straight days in a row. Aaron Hills, Aaron Hills was that good. And nothing against the straights, but I liked Aaron Hills that much. Oh, I'm looking at this Catansic Club. On I mean, it's, it's yeah, no, they would not allow us on that course. <laughs> they, would, they would immediately be like, go go home, guys. No shot. Yeah, the, the Catansic Club was, was awesome. I was actually supposed to play up there again this summer. Um, but the day uh, we were shooting for, they ended up hosting like a uh, charity outing. And that was like the only, we were going to play during a weekday and I wasn't able to, we weren't able to reschedule, unfortunately, but um, hopefully I can get back up. I've played it before, but I was, uh, I don't know, I'll play it again soon, but that place was really, really awesome. This, this Catanzic course is so private that on Google maps, it doesn't even, have, you know, how, like when you go to like, you zoom over a, a golf course and you'd be like, oh, this is Lake Lincoln country club boom it has like a pin it doesn't even have a pin it just it's a green area just full of luscious holes and water and bunkers and i just know it's that one because it's a married mass and it is just gorgeous to look at from space holy smoke yeah it was that that course is unreal so the first three holes on Catan set are link style and the last three holes are link style so the first hole you go out the second hole is just a straightaway par four right into the water the third hole is their signature and it's a par three on the water and the green is built on the beach. So it's like literally wow. like the whole surrounding of the green is the beach. Are you kidding then, me? No, it's unbelievable. And then holes four through 15 kind of go through the woods. It's not that it's like that much tree line, but it's just not link style. And then 16, 17, 18 open up, like you can see the water again. Uh, and they have three unreal finishing holes there. This is so sick. I'm so I, oh my god look at it it's like an island beach green are you kidding me it's yeah it, that's probably the coolest golf hole i've ever played are i you I, kidding me? I dumped it onto the right beach i couldn't get up and down so i made a bogey unfortunately <laughs> but um yeah that those that was my top three genuinely in no specific order i don't think i could put them in an order um but undoubtedly, those would be my top three. We we have one, uh, another similar, uh, probably actually very similar to Catanza. It's called Eastward Ho, and it's out in, um, out in uh, oh god, it's out in the Cape. It's way out on the Cape. It's on. It's in Chatham, slash East East. You know, it's it's way way out there, and it's also mm. the same thing. It is like the most private course in the world, and I'm just like, I just want to be like one day. One day I will play you. One one day I will sneak on to you and I will play you and I will thumb my noses at your members saying, Nana Boo Boo, I got here. Have you guys have you guys ever played um Brookline? Uh no. we've walked Brookline. Walked we have walked, walked the country club, but no, we we have not. I I I have a, a friend that's like my friend's boyfriend her his family belongs to the country club 
but it's like it's not really like a thing where it's just like hey do you want to take me out to play golf like you know what i no, mean it's of like course. yeah 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 I yeah no yeah it's like you can't ask at, at those courses it's same no. with like um yeah like Wait, when have, you, have you played yeah. have you played the country club no i wish oh, oh. <laughs> i was gonna say that would have opened up a whole nother swoo of questions um but yeah anyway uh, be, i wish maybe one day and so i noticed you said tilling has and are you into golf architecture at all and because i just want to ask about the pinehurst number two donald ross greens I mean, is Ryan Ross into thing. golf arch- architecture? Is Ryan into golf architecture? <laughs> what a fake Timmy segues right there. That was unbelievable. <laughs> that was textbook. That was textbook Tim playing dumb. That was amazing. I'm blind. Oh, I'm blind. <laughs> oh shit. So, um, yeah. So, Donald Ross Greens, tell me. Tell me about those turtle net, turtle back greens. We have a couple of Donald Ross courses up here, and they've they've kind of been run down and you know not up not kept the way Donald Ross would have mm. intended. Um, I mean, just the leading question into our entire architecture: How bad are those turtle back greens? Did Donald Ross, you know, did he make you angry? So I I got lucky the day I played the day before. Actually, I got lucky kind of twice with number two so the when the day i played it the day before we played number eight and it was like a monsoon down there it'll rain for like 30 minutes like crazy and then it'll rain cats and dogs you know and then it'll just be clear and and nothing will happen um so that's kind of what happened we ended up getting rained out on eight after nine holes like the greens had puddles on them it was an insane rainstorm for like literally 45 minutes but uh, so we only played the front nine on eight and we had number two the next day and it was so wet. Uh, we couldn't, they didn't cut or roll the greens when I played it. So <laughs> they were still fast, but they were not, at, they were not, I think they usually roll at about 12. I think they were probably rolling about 10 and a half that day. So it was, it was very reasonable and they were still crazy, dude. Like mm, they might've been rolling at like an 11 they weren't rolling as fast as normal though. Cause we ended up getting paired. So it was my dad, my brother and I were the three that went down and our fourth was a member who lived on the course. Um, so what people don't know about Pinehurst is if you live in Pinehurst, like you can join number two or not number two, like you join Pinehurst as like a membership. Okay. Um, so he was like a member and they have like a whole like members country club and everything. And um, we played with him and, and he had some really good course knowledge and he was telling us about it. And he was hitting putts on the first holes. He's like, what the hell is this? He was in like six feet short. He was like, he goes, that usually goes four feet by. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, man. He goes, you guys picked the right day to play. Um, which was crazy too, because so I shot an 82 there and I went 44, 38. And it took me nine holes to even figure out how to hit the right chips on the greens. Like the, um, also they do their tee times. They do them a little weird. So we started on the 14th hole. Uh, they have like a weird system for whatever. So we start on the 14th hole and 16, which was the third hole we played is a par three playing like 180 yards. I just missed the green off to the, I hit the green rolled off to the left. And then the pin was on the right side and they're all turtlebacks. So I hit out in that situation. Normally I would hit a pitching wedge, which is what I hit. And I hit like a really good shot 
And the second I hit it, the guy we were playing with, he was a really good guy. He was like, see ya. I was like, no way. Like I, like the second I hit it and I hit a good shot. So I was like, what the hell is going on? And now I'm short-sided chipping up a hill. And if I leave it any bit short, it's rolling right back to my feet. That was exactly what happened. Uh, so I made a six on a par three. So like I blew up the front and I did it on a couple more holes where like I'd hit a good chip and it would just trickle like this far by the hole and gone. I was like, this is impossible. So it took me nine holes to like just figure out how to hit the right shots on the greens. And then, so I shot a 38 on the back, which I was extremely happy with. Yeah. Um, but those greens were crazy and I didn't even play them at their worst. <laughs> no kidding. Oh my God. And you're a 10 handicap and you shot a 38 at what'd you say on the front? 40. No, no, I'm a, I'm a three. I'm like, well, two you're a three. Eight. Yeah, I'm a three. Well, so right now it's at like 2.8. When I played Pinehurst, I was probably a four. So not too far off where I am right now. I was going to say, if you were a 10 handicap and shot that, that is electric. That's a, a no, round. no. I was, no, I was saying when, when we were talking about the 60 degree wedge, uh, when I got rid of it, I was about a 10 at that point, but gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, as of that was a few years back. I'm so I'm currently uh right hovering. It fluctuates between three and four. This is like two point eight is the lowest I've ever been. So um, my apologies, my apologies. That's a horse of a different color. That's, nah, that's I, don't care, <laughs> I just like playing. I don't care. <laughs> you, all right. Well, and now I'm curious. How? What's the biggest step to get from that point of like a ten to be that mid handicapper to now you are a legit golfer? what's that biggest step? Like, how did you do it? Was it a year of grinding or was it just like mental game? You know, what's, what's the biggest step for, for someone like me who's a mid handicapper? So I'll go a little bit of a backstory. So my senior year of college, I graduated May, 2021, March of 2020. I was a junior. We got sent home for COVID. That was like the whole COVID thing. So we went back in the fall and my senior year, all the classes were online, but you know, we were still out at school and basically had nothing to do we were taking 12 credits they were all online it was like a joke and the course by our school it like tipped out at 7,000 yards it wasn't that difficult of a course but it would get windy and the greens rolled at a 12 so it was like it was a good course they had a turf like sorry not a turf like a real grass driving range whole like nice short game area and it was 400 bucks unlimited golf for the entire school year if you showed your transcript Wow. So I went there first day, paid, it was 395, paid 395 bucks. And I played there literally five days a week. It was awesome. So we were just grinding. And I started that my senior year of college at like 10.3. I remember this because we were all keeping our handicap, my roommates and I. And we were playing every day. I was like, all right. I was like, we played so much golf. I was like, I got to like try to get better. So um, like we would go, we'd play nine and we'd actually like work on our short game. Not, I always had a pretty decent short game, but I just got better just from playing more. And then, um, graduated, I was like a 3.5, I think. And then I started working and then I was playing like garbage. I went up to like a six. I was like, this sucks. I don't like this. <laughs> I was, I was, you know, firing, I was shooting high seventies every round. Now I, I could barely break 80. And then, um, so I, I started taking online lessons back in March uh, to, to really get my game better. So um, that's kind of how I got there. The biggest step is not going out of bounds off the tee and then obviously short game and putting. Not OB definitely would help for sure. Huge, huge. <laughs> that's the biggest thing. 
Yeah, we have a buddy, Jimmy, who played with us on on Monday. And he, honestly, he's just changed his game so much where he's just like, I can't hit my driver. I don't know what's wrong with it. So he takes five wood off the tee every hole. And when I tell you he crunches a five wood down the middle of the fairway, it was like, it's going 250 yards. I'm like, dude, like I'm barely out driving you with like a driver. This is not good. No yeah. higher than 15 feet off the ground. Oh my god, it's stinger level. It was it, it just goes zoom. It's impressive. It was oh, dude, that's what my brother, my brother is a hybrid like that. My brother's so I'm like five foot eight. My brother's six one. That's not fair. Thing. That's know, not right? fair. That's that's BS. <laughs> you, you gotta go back to your dad and be like, can we can we do a quick trade? Can I get two inches, please? Like, let's let's level this out. I know, right? Um yeah, Tim, my- you and Brian are like that too. Yeah, you're, t- you're a little taller than Bry guy. What did, how did you want him to approach like his dad to be like, hey, can yeah, we just be like, can we like, can we level this out? Like, are we going this, back this to the ridiculous. sperm level? <laughs> no, <laughs> you, no, just like, can you tell him to give me two? Can you tell him to give me two inches of height? Like, that's not that hard. We'll be 5'10 and 5'11. We'll be great. Right, 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 right. Even it off. I get what you're saying. But yeah, I guess Brian, yeah, and I. Level, level the playing field, baby. Anyways, sorry about that, Ryan. Continue. <laughs> oh, no, I, that was that was bad i was saying my brother does the same thing he has a hybrid and he hits it like 240 on just on a rope wow and i and it's just like he doesn't carry a three wood like um but that hybrid for whatever reason he just smashes it it's 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 great when you have that club so like i i don't really have i wouldn't say i have that right now obviously no one's his actually driver no matter what they ever say to you never believe it the driver goes everywhere the driver has a mind of its own uh but but i i i used to be a big seven iron guy and i still am but i think now my pitching wedge is like between 125 and 135 i i hit my iron short so like my pitching wedge at like 130 is like a perfect club for me mm-hmm. that's what i am too i don't i don't have mine any further than that but then i get up to like my my like uh then i feel like my my seven iron goes just as far as like my five iron or my four iron in situations and i get <laughs> pissed off at myself that's funny that's golf man oh it's the worst it's the best and the worst ain't it the best and the yeah. worst oh my hey do you have any hole in ones? Uh, only well, n- no. Pitching putt kind of counts. <laughs> I got one on pitch and putt, but no, not not a real one. The pitch putt was fun, and it was like it was cool. You know, you still like it's not like no matter what, you don't hold out many shots. So I was like, this is kind of cool. I was excited, but it didn't it didn't feel right. Um, it's funny. So I, I know I mentioned this earlier, but my dad, my brother, and I we play together every weekend, and my dad and brother both have them. So wow. every single every single part of three, I I I hear about it, and I beat them. I don't think they've beat me in the last like four years, but I hear about the hole in one. Oh, I bet. <laughs> oh, that's incredible! What a great yeah. dynamic. So it's funny. Oh, that's awesome. That's unreal. What would you consider? So, because I've had this argument, I think ninety yards and above no matter what you're playing on, even if you're playing on a par three course, if it's 90 yards and above, you can count it. I want to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, my take, and this was after, oh, actually, to add on to my hole-in-one story, so okay. of not having one. 
my girlfriend, because during COVID, there was nothing to do. So she was like, can you teach me golf? I was like, yeah, of course. So um, we'd go to a field and we'd hit like foam balls and I taught her golf. And she's gotten like pretty solid. She shoots like, she'll shoot like a legit 105. Like if she makes a 10, like she'll write 10 on her scorecard and shoot like a 105. Um, so her That's game impressive. got pretty solid. I was going into the city, a bunch of my friends live in the city. I was going into see a Knicks game with one of them. And I'm in an Uber and she's texting me. She's like, you have to answer. You have to answer. And I knew she was golfing. I was like, no fucking way. She goes, I just got a hole in one. I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> um, so you- my dad, my brother, and my girlfriend all have hole in ones. Oh, um, and so hers though, and this is, this is to answer your question. So there's this course near us and it's an executive course. So like the longest par four is like maybe, you know, 320 yards. And there are some mm-hmm. like 120 yard par fours, whatever. So she got it on that course, but it's handicap rated. And it was like a 110 yard, 115 yard hole for her. So completely legit. It was over water. It's like a legit par three. So I would say any handicap rated course, it counts. Well, I like it. That's Love my, that would be my answer. I like it. I can, I, like I can it. take that. I, I think that's good. I just think like, even if you're on like a par three course and it's like a 120 yard par three, like you bet your ass I'm counting that if that goes in, like that is that's a legit par three right there, but I also understand on that side. I I will give you it. I will give you it if you get it on par. But like, it's a it definitely definitely a personal thing. I wouldn't give it to myself. On same, a no, same. Like if I was with someone at pitch and putt and they got one, I'd be like, bro, you just got a hole in one. Yeah, exactly. Different. Exactly. But it didn't. It didn't feel because I don't have one. You know what yeah, I mean? I don't have one. I was like, I was like, it's it didn't feel right. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. I don't know if you guys saw the, uh, like it, it was a, it was a thing on like golf TikTok. I think like a month ago now where the guy, like it, it just went right into the hole and it broke the hole Yeah. and people yep. were like, and so like it broke the hole. So like it was, it, it like shattered the hole and it was like, not all the way down and people were like, not a hole in one. And I'm like, mm. it's a hole I'm one. like, it's not. I know, but I'm like, like you have imagine to imagine that. And then they're like, oh, replace the ball mark and put your hole right there. And I'm like, okay, I'll put my hole right here. Oh, look, it dropped right in. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Where it's just like, come on now. Where where do we draw the line? <laughs> there is there's no line on social media. <laughs> oh no. Are you kidding me? People would like they could see that they would be able to see it. You could videotape yourself hitting a hole in one, and they would be like, that doesn't count. And it, I'd be like, what? Like, what? Yep. what? What are we What are we talking about here? They're like, no, no, no. That was only a 190-yard par three. Like, that's not even real. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Brendan, Brendan, say you were to hit that shot and it would get caught in the lip like, you, like you've seen it in the pictures. Do you want to, if someone asked you if you've got a hole-in-one or if you have a hole-in-one, do you want to have to explain that to them? So and be like, if I had, of it? yep. So if I had one already, <laughs> So if I had one already, I'd probably say I had two. But if I didn't have one already, that would be difficult. And I don't know if you guys would agree with that or not, but I feel like. That's more fair. That's more fair. I think it's the same thing with like when you do it on the simulator too, where it's just like, if I got a hole in one on the simulator and it's like, I'm playing like TPC Sawgrass or something like that. Like, I'm like, I really should count this. But like, if it's I like don't a have a hole in one already, I'm probably not going to count it. On the sim would be tough. I don't think so on the sim. No. Mm. 
Like, do I count my hole in ones on Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2K5? Like, oh yeah, I have 27 of them. <laughs> like, are we, we're getting into video game mode right here. I know. Which, by the way, Tim has now done it twice, where he has kind of done a. I didn't realize I was going to segue into this, but now we're segueing into it. Timmy segues amazing. So, Ryan, I know one of your golf passions is is course design. How amazing was it when PGA 2K22 came out with this awesome oh idea God. where they're like, let let you let's let everyone make their own courses? And has that kind of increased like your passion for course design, or was that kind of just like, oh, this is a nice tool? Now I get to like show it off as well. Yeah, so I I love the feature, and like I've used it. I built courses on it. Uh, it's really cool. It does take time. So like I haven't built, I've built one that I've like posted because it, it's like, it takes time to build an 18 hole course. You know what I mean? In that game. And like, I wish I had three hours to sit around and play video games, but I don't. Um, Who doesn't? Who doesn't? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't even play a ton of Xbox. Like I haven't played Xbox in a while. Um, but so I'm, I'm like partially, like a business nerd. Uh, I don't think a lot of people know that. Like I run my own business. Um, I work pretty much all day. I wish I could play golf. Every, like, I, I don't know, today, for example, like I was up at like 6.45, um, worked out, worked from 8.30 until now. And then I'm gonna go work on some like, personal stuff like I'll I'll edit all my shit for tomorrow so like I, I work a lot in that sense but like I enjoy it um it doesn't stress me out so like it kind of the the goal of it kind of combines well like the two things I love doing which is building businesses and kind of the entrepreneur stuff and golf so like I want to like I do want I would love to get into course design but I would also love to there's one course like I want to own one I want my own golf course um i want two i want one public one private one for the people one <laughs> private uh but you want to design them i mean oh yeah if i, I want to own them i want to design them um and it's not like i'll do all this stuff myself like if i don't know jack about um say i don't know like grass i don't know about like the agricultural type stuff i'll just hire someone so um like i'd love to I'd love to like build a team of people who do this. You know what I mean? Um, it's not like I expect to do it all by myself. Even if it was working with a design company, like I'd love to just have like a say in the design, something like that. Um, you know, and if it's something I learn over the years and years, I don't know. Do, I don't know if, if you guys have ever heard of Alex Hermosi. Mm-hmm. No. Um, he's he's an entrepreneur guy, and he he does a lot of like acquisition type stuff. Um, oh, cool. His. his company is called acquisitions.com and he literally buys and scales companies and his thing is like if you do something for an unreasonably amount of time he's like it's impossible to not get good at it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. he's like so if you want your arms to get bigger and you do arms every single day at the gym like it's not it's the only they're gonna grow like it's it would be unrealistic for them not to so like that's kind of why i like to like draw a hole every day and i try to read about it and stuff where it's like it's not like I'm, I'm rushing to do that. It might take me my whole life, but it's like, if I continue learning about it, maybe in 40 years or 50 years, like 
I I should have a lot of knowledge about it is kind of my thought process on that. So it kind of combines, I don't know, like I have like stacks of books next to my desk that like I read. So like I, I love like business and things like that, but I also love golf. So that that kind of dream is is what would combine the two. I could I could talk to you all day. I, I used to draw baseball stadiums as a kid every day, every day. Mm-hmm. And as my love of golf game, I I used to draw in the middle of class, just draw golf courses, just draw golf holes. But Brendan has this thing. Now, Brendan had, I fully support, I love his idea. He says that every course should finish with a par five. Would you finish your course, your course that you designed, would you finish it with a par five? And if not, why? No. So my two, so I said my, my the coolest golf hole I ever played was number three at Catanset. Okay. My favorite golf hole is 18 at Wingfoot West. And it is, do you guys know the hole? The the par the long par four, right? The long par four, dog leg left up Very, the hill. Like str- really, really tight off the tee, right? Yeah. And the green yes. complex is bonkers. The green complex has like a huge false front, a massive, it's kind of just like a turtle back green, but then there's a hill going up that also goes off the back. And there's like the six yard window and it's just a ledge and if you somehow get on that ledge you're screwed and when i played it i played with my dad when we played winged foot and he was on that back ledge and the caddy was like like good luck um i remember he was on the back right ledge and the pin was middle left and the caddy had him aim like up to the fringe and then it rolled all the way back yeah it was actually like a really good putt and the caddy was like wow. that was a really good putt so like that hole is an absolute monster I, that's my favorite hole in golf so i think if i was finishing the course and if it, if it was a course that was like my baby it's going to be a monster of a par four to finish up interesting so i also say this because and and i'm big on the par five to end because i think especially if you're a pga tour course you want that scoring at the end where if you see a lot of the tpcs now almost all the tpcs ended apart like most of the tpcs that have been designed over the past 20 years and in a par five. And mm-hmm. that's exactly why, because so like TPC San Antonio, TPC Boston up here, like it's all par fives. Cause they want that at the end where it's like, if someone's down by one, they can make an Eagle and they can win. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I like that idea to it. And you know, Pebble beach on 18 is like, it's one of the most iconic holes in the world. Like mm-hmm. I just think it's such a cool or or, and we'll talk about this too, because I mean, going going into it, a drivable par four, maybe not to end the 18th, but there's something about St. Andrew's 18th hole where it is like right close to that drivable range where you could really do some damage on that hole if you're down by a lot. Like, I think that's pretty cool too. No, I agree. And another good one was uh, Baltistraw because they had the 2016 PGA, 2015. Well, yep. Jimmy Walker was either 20, I think it was 2016. Jimmy Walker won. And 18 there was a, a reachable par five, and Day needed Eagle to push a playoff. Um, so he sent it in. So, like, it does bring in the excitement factor. So I don't, I'm not against it at all. I just don't, because Phil collapsed, Phil blew his US Open at Winged Foot at 18 with yep. a double on 18 at Winged Foot. So I was like, to me, I was like, wow, that's such a bad way to lose versus someone making an eagle on you. So I don't know. I like it because <laughs> um, 18, at, I, I didn't like Southern Hills. I just, it, I don't know. I didn't love it, it just based on this year, the PGA. But 18 had, was the tough par four. And like 
was Mito Pereira sprayed one right. Like that was a tough hole. Yeah. So yep. It's like and they had that was with the creek coming right through, like right in the driver. Like yeah. you almost had to hit three wood, and people were hitting driver and going right in the creek. I remember that. That was crazy. Yeah. So there, there's like um, I don't know. There's there's two sides to it. I'm not against the par five at all or like a scoring hole. I just think it can't be like a straightforward hole where like the scoring average plays, you know, pretty close to par. Like I think it's either got to be really hard or, or give someone the chance to make the Eagle or the hero play or something. So if you're having that really difficult, and I, I understand what you're saying, like have make them win it with a good golf, good couple of golf shots on that last final hole. Cause par fours are probably the toughest holes in golf, you know, unless you yeah. have a really long par three, but so on those holes preceding that you know the 16 17 are you doing some sort of a scoreable you know either par four or short part uh short part three or short par four you know how does how do you design that i don't know see that's a good a good scenario so if 18 is a monster maybe like 15 would be a par three and then you could go 16 as a five uh but i think going like par four par four also depends what you're going for i guess on the course you know what i mean True, true. Um, cause, cause like, um, a good example actually would be Trump national Bedminster. Um, so that course gets pure, purely just from a golf standpoint, like people either say the course is unbelievable or they say the course is way too, this is stupid. Like when that course was made, it was made to host a major and it was supposed to get the PGA. So like, yeah, it's, it's extremely difficult. Um, that was the point of the course though. So like, yeah. I, I don't think that's a fair, it's like, yeah, that's, that's why it was made. It was created to host a championship tournament. Like, so I think when people say, Oh, it's too hard. I'm like, like that's, and it's not too hard. I've, I've played that course probably a dozen times and it's difficult, but it's like, that was what the point of the course was. So I think that yeah. that plays into it. Um, Cause then like Valhalla I've played and uh, Valhalla has a really nice set of finishing holes and 18, is the gettable part five not i mean it's up the hill and it's a tough green and that's like a it's almost like a lowercase n almost the green and there's like it kind of literally goes like that um but like rory almost blew it when he won there because there's a creek up the right side and he was like coming up in the dark um so that's like another really great finishing hole but it kind of depends like what the course is going and valhalla obviously hosts championships as well so i think it depends like what you're going for. I personally like a gauntlet of a finisher. I just think it makes it like a lot better. I, I love it. Ryan, I could talk <laughs> to you all day, all day. And I'm sure we're going to have to have you back on as well, because I know Brian and Mike, our other two co-hosts are going to have questions for you after they listen to this, you know, just it's, you're such a different guest than we've ever had on before. And, uh, and, you know, to actually talk about the the design and I mean we talk about golfer polls and we have hypothetical situations and you're putting those like ideal situations into it by designing courses and yet you haven't you haven't designed a course yet but you want to and you have this vision in your head and um you know it's it, personally I love picking your brain I could pick your brain for for hours so that this is great this is great I know we're not done yet but I just want to show my appreciation because this you know Brian you're a great guest great guest no, I appreciate it. And and like the other thing with, with wanting to build a golf course, it's like, if I don't do it, you know, I'll live. Um, but it's like a cool thing to strive for. 
Um, and obviously it's not like it's, you know, I would need, I would need to make a lot of money to do that. Um, but then again, like, I, I don't know, I, I learn a lot. Um, so I like learning. So ideally, you know, I can keep learning, keep learning skills and, and be able to do it one day. Um, so like, I have like a plan in my head of how, how it all happened. Um, but I don't know, like combine my passions, like personally, and then I don't know, it's, I think it's so cool too. It's like people go like whistling straights, for example, the guy, Robert Kohler and like Kohler, like the mm-hmm. who makes the seats in the sinks. Like he's the one who made whistling straights. I think like I was there, I was like, like we had a blast when I went with my friends. I was like, damn, I'd be like, it's like, that would be so cool to be able to create something. I think he died too. Rest, rest in peace to, uh, it was Herb Kohler. Sorry. Rest in peace to Herb. Um, but I don't know. I think it'd be so cool to like, actually, if I can achieve that one day, like when I die, then like there's something tangible that people can go and, and enjoy themselves and have a good time. So that's kind of like my, my two pronged is like one, I think like it allows people to create memories and then selfishly it's like what I love doing. So. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of uh, like Mike Kaiser too, who who's the guy behind Bannon and Dunes and cat and the Cabot series now, like, mm. And I think, I don't know if he's Sand Valley or if it's someone else who's Sand Valley, but like they keep like that dude, just like, he's like, I've made my money. I'll make a little bit more on this, but like, these are now like my beautiful pet projects and I love every single one. And like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like golf is not, unless you're a tour pro, like golf is not something you go in to make money. Like, cause 95% of the time you're going to lose money. Uh, It's just something that you love. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, realistically, it's like, if I can, if I, if I make enough money in my life to build a golf course, like. I'm We're fine. doing great. We're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I will, I will have lived a good life on that end. So. Yeah. 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 Do you have a name picked out for the course to be determined or that you are going to build? The, the only one. I would ever potentially think of would be something with like the word old farmhouse in it. Cause that's the street I live on. Like that's the house I'm in. We actually just sold it. Um, so we're moving soon, unfortunately, but um, that's like the only thing I can think of. I wouldn't put my name behind it or anything like that. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe like, I don't know. I live on old farmhouse road. So maybe something, something like that, like something at old, I don't know, old farmhouse golf club, something at old farm. I don't know. Something like that, but I would need to build the course and have the clubhouse be an old farmhouse. So there's there's a, a restricting factor there because it would have to fit. So I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. Otherwise, it'd probably be something um, kind of native to the area. Like the Catanset Club. Catanset means near the sea in, I think, Native American or something. So like that's where that came from. And it's a really cool name. Okay. Uh, so like something like if it was native to the area. But other than that, I have no idea. So I know we talked about earlier, we talked about Donald Ross with the turtleback greens. We talked, uh, you know, Pete Dye has the short par four, like the revival of the short par fours. Robert Trent Jones has, you know, the hard par, easy bogey. Like that's his mantra type of like holes. Mm. What can we say the Ryan McHugh signature would Ooh. be? Good question. So, I, I'm, I'm personally a Tillinghast guy. Uh, Pete Dye courses just piss me off when I play them. Like they're really? sick. I don't. They're I don't supposed dislike, to. That's the point of a Pete Dye course. No, I know. Because I was gonna say like I don't dislike his courses, but they piss me off when I want them. So, <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I love like the Donald Ross. Uh, he's obviously all about the greens and Tillinghast always has like the huge bunkering. I, I like tough green complexes. Okay. So undulations, like you have to hit it in the right spot, different tiers. So and a put- ton of swales. Like I love false fronts. I love, see Aaron Hills had a lot of false fronts too. That was partially why I loved it. And like a lot of swales, Like I like, I don't like all the time when the course is just like, it's just rough around the greens. Like to me, that gets a little boring. Like you can only hit one type of shot. Like I like, if you're down in a swale with a tight lie, you can do anything. I don't know. I like, I like allowing people to be creative around the greens. That's kind of my, I don't know. I always love courses that have like where you can hit all the, like you could bump it into the hill. You could try to go high with it. Uh, you could just let something check up and spin. You could putt it if you want. I don't know. I kind of like giving people the option. Some people use like hybrids or three woods. I think that's what makes it fun. It's like when you can get creative. Going to have a daunting par four 18th with an impossible green with tight lies all the way around. <laughs> Man, that's going to be a daunting. Sounds 18th. super fun. Sounds amazing <laughs> that I can double and triple bogey that hole every time I play it. But that's to be fair though. Cause like the Pete dies. So whistling straights, actually um you're better off missing their fairways by 30 yards than five yards i don't think that's completely fair like we were on the what hole was it it was either 10 or 11 uh 10 it was 11 i hit like a beautiful drive the caddy's either like oh you're good or he goes you're screwed and he was like just depends how it bounces hit the fairway bounce right plugged in the face of a bunker i was like what the fuck is this two of my roommates one of them was a lefty and just blocked it. The other one was a righty and snap hooked it literally 50 yards off the fairway. Like just fine. Like nothing. It was just grass. I was like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> and there were multiple holes like that. So like literally I was, and again, it's obviously where people stand with viewers and stuff, but you were literally better off missing their fairways by 30 yards. Wow. Unless you were on Lake Michigan, of course. Sure. Yeah. Probably not the best place to be on Lake Michigan. No, but, uh, there you I'm are, very, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm very – I love Pete Dye courses because my favorite course uh, in the world is Pete Dye course. So, like, I'm, I, get, I get very – I don't get mad, but, like, whenever you say – like, what you just said, Ryan, like, Pete Dye courses piss me off. I'm like, they're supposed <laughs> to. That's the whole point of them. <laughs> like, I know. He's supposed to make it look easy, and then it turns out incredibly difficult. That's what he goes for. <laughs> I know. And he was – he was obviously unbelievable at, at achieving that. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I, like, they're hard, man. Yeah. They're hard. You get bad bounces. It's like, it's hard. I Damn mean, Peter, I know, I know the ocean course is like his, his crown jewel. And like, obviously like whistling straights is amazing. Um, I, my favorite course is Harbor town. Cause we, we have, we live in South, we've lived in South Carolina before and I love it down there, but yeah, I I love when people say I lo- I like the course, but it just pisses me off. And John Rahm always says that about yeah. uh, the Pete Dye courses. Like he is very much like he hates Pete Dye courses, but he loves them because he's like, this is stupid. Like he gets out there and you hear it in the mic, he's like, This course is so stupid. I'm like, let's yeah. go. No, it, it's and uh, see, I would be a hypocrite if I said I hate Pete Dye too, because when I was talking about Trump Edmonds, I was saying like people complain that it's too hard, but that's what it's designed for. Like that's what Pete Dot designs the courses for. So yeah. like I I can't say I dislike them. I get pissed off when I play them, but 
he's a legend, obviously. Right. Absolutely. He, he truly is. And, you know, I know he passed away uh, two years ago now, Jesus. But, uh, but I mean, there's a lot of, you know, I, I think what Ben Crenshaw is doing with a lot of his courses now, I mean, Sand Valley, they said is already probably next year going to be top 10, mm-hmm. maybe top, maybe top five. Like, and that's like two years into it being open. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of new, I know Tiger did the, uh, just design as start is doing more design designing. Obviously Nicholas has, has some great designs. Um, you know, I, I feel like it's in good hand. I feel like the, the courses, the, the course design is in good hands going forward too. And who knows, maybe we'll get like, I don't know, maybe we'll get another guy coming through middle of nowhere. Maybe uh, Jordan Spieth decides he wants to join, start making courses or, you know, maybe we hear Ryan McHugh's uh, <laughs> name one day, just, just up there with, with the top 100 courses. So see my, my other theory too, is if I don't make enough money, I just need to get good enough at putting a team of people together and convincing people with money. So, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of ways to go about it in that end. That is, that is smart. That is, that is very, very smart right there. So that's always oh. a ton of, ton of different, <laughs> uh, ton of different avenues to get there. Yeah. And I know, um, so, so just switching gears just a tiny bit and and we'll do quick little talk about this. I know, um, I, I, I know we talked about, like I talked about quail hollow for this week, like that 18th hole is, is magnificent. That it, absolutely magnificent closing mm-hmm. hole. I don't know about you, Ryan and I talked to Tim about it, and I know we talked about it a little bit before. I have zero interest in the President's Cup this week. <laughs> it's, it, I agree. I'm I'm a Ryder Cup diehard. Some people, I, I don't know, people are like, I don't like the Ryder Cup. I think that's crazy. I love the Ryder Cup. President's Cup. I probably won't watch it. Maybe I'll watch it. It's gonna be over on Sunday. Yeah. Like if I'm chilling, maybe I'll turn it on. But like. Uh, it's a knockoff Ryder Cup. USA is going to destroy them. It's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, and I think the whole, I know we probably won't, didn't really want to talk too much about Liv, but I think the whole, like, part where, like, the live guys aren't playing, and, like, I think it's a little bit different where the Ryder Cup guys from Europe who went to the live are Westwood, Holter, like, guys on their back nine, like, mm-hmm. probably, like, drinking drinking something on the 18th fairway just waiting to get into the clubhouse and then it's like sam horsefield who like no offense to sam horsefield he's a very good player but he probably had zero shot in making the Ryder cup even at his you know at 25 like he's just not there Mm -hmm. um the president's cup got destroyed by like because they literally took every good player who could have played on the international not every good player because i mean you still got Sanjay, you got Sanjay M, you got Corey Conn, like you got really, really good top 20 guys, but like Cameron Smith, gone. Uh, Mark Leishman, gone. Uh, yeah. Jocko Neiman, who would have been on that team for 20 years, gone. Um, yeah. Like there's nothing you can, there's not, there's nothing you can do. And as much as I say, I love Thomas, the tank, Kim, because I do love Thomas, the tank, Kim, he is now my new favorite player. Uh, we are trying to, I'm still trying to buy the CJ hats. 
because they don't sell them. And I'm like, I need a CJ hat. Like, I need it. And yeah, <laughs> Brian's favorite, me and uh, our other co-host now, Brian, have a have a rivalry because I'm Tom Kim and his favorite is Sun JM. So we, <laughs> we have a nice little Korean rivalry. We just need Mike or uh, Timmy to get on the Si Woo Kim train. And then we and then we got all of it going. But That's like, weird. it's. I, I don't know. I, I, I just can't get into it. And after even today, when I looked and they were up four one, I, I can't. <laughs> no, I agree. And like, obviously, obviously I'm, I'm rooting for the Americans all day, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It, to me, it's just a knockoff Ryder cup. It's always been that way to me. And like, oh, if, it a hundred percent is. If the event was in my area, I'd a hundred percent go and I would enjoy it. But like, it just, I don't know, doesn't do it for me. Do you think, do you think if they created a live PGA Tour Ryder Cup format kind of tournament, do you think that would surpass the Ryder Cup versus PGA Tour? Mm. Maybe not at first. I think it's hard because I, well, I always have this live debate with like my golf buddies and stuff. So my my take on live always is like within the golf community, it's a huge deal. But like if if you're not a huge golf fan or you just like Tiger or whatever, like it doesn't really mean anything to you. So like it would be hard to get behind it because it wouldn't hold much importance to you if you're not like a golf fan or golf junkie. But like the Ryder Cup, if you're American, you can get behind it. Good point. Good point. So I, I don't think so for that reason. That's always been my take on it. Absolutely love it. Great answer. Absolutely great answer. USA. USA, baby. And I just don't think, I don't, I, I think like the live guys at the top top. So like, I think like DJ and Cam Smith, I think they can compete. Probably Jocko Neiman, maybe Bryson and Brooke. Like, honestly, they're a maybe at this point now too, which is kind of sad. Like, yeah. But they, I mean, they just stopped. They didn't even want to play. The, they didn't even want to play this year. Like Brooks has always said, he doesn't even want to play in golf. He just wants to play in the majors and go home. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Uh, Patrick Reed, like maybe those six guys, but you also have to remember you have six other guys on that team too. And like, I don't know if Sam Horsfield can do it. <laughs> like I keep bringing him up. Like, my my go-to guy was Henny Duplessis forever, just because he finished second in the first tournament. And I'm like, mm my dude, my man. And then he got the boot. And now I'm like, I don't have anyone to really make fun of, but at the same time, kind of love at the same, you know, like, I can't, I can't do this. Why'd you boot Henny? He was unbelievable. Got a root for, uh, for Scott Vincent. I met his manager. So Scott Vincent, Scott Vincent. (laughs) All right. I mean, for those guys too, like if you're Scott Vincent and they were like, come to live, like a dude who, who, who won two events this year on the Asian tour, but like, let's be real. Like, most likely not going to make it to the PGA tour. Uh, probably have like a couple year run on the European tour. You're mm. taking that 10 out of the 10 times. Dude. Yeah. And it's actually, so when, when we met his manager, um, that's what he was saying. And, uh, it was kind of interesting how it came about. So, cause when the live was in New Jersey, I live like 15 minutes from there. So my, oh, I went yeah, it was at Bedminster, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so I know it was, a, it was a good time. Um, and we were just on, on a hole uh, and this guy was just like on the green. And one of my friends will talk to anybody. Like he'll just start talking to people. So he just starts talking to this guy. 
he was like, Hey man, he's like, what are your thoughts on like the live versus the tour stuff? And he had like the press passes. So we we're like, Oh, this must be like someone involved with live. He was always like, I'm, I'm Scott Vincent's manager. Um, and we were just talking to him about it. Um, and that's what he was saying. He was like, dude, he's like, he's like, it's hard to make it on tour. And he's like, he goes, you know, live offered us like a few million guaranteed. He goes, it was a no brainer. Um, and I like, to me, I'm like, hey, good for that guy, man. Like he's been probably grinding for 10 years, trying to make it as a pro. Obviously. Yeah, he, I think he's 33. Like you're absolutely taking that. Yeah. Deal. Yeah. It's an, it's a no brainer on that. End. And that's what he was saying. And I don't know. It was kind of like an interesting perspective just to like hear someone like who's involved in it, talk about it. Um, and he was even saying, he's like, I, you know, he's like, I don't think, you know, live will ever overtake the tour or anything like that. He goes, I kind of just think like they'll coexist as time goes on. I was like, yeah, that's an, that's a good take on it. Um, but yeah, it's funny talking to him because he was talking about it. He's like, he goes for us, man. He goes, honestly, it was a no brainer. He was like, I think it was 3 million guaranteed. Like, of course you're going to take that. Yeah. I think, I think once they eventually it's going to, all the majors are going to allow any player to play in the majors. And so as far as like where you play, I don't know about the masters. I, I mean, I the way, no way. I'm going to be completely honest, the way that Bubba and Mickelson and like, everyone's kind of talking about the masters already trying to like not play victim, but be like, well, if they don't want me there, I won't go. And like, I'll have a different opinion of them. That tells me that they got reached out to. And we're basically like, you're not coming. Like, sorry, guys, you're not coming. I think they're going to be the one of the first to let uh, live guys in. No, U.S. Open. U.S. Open, US Open and, and Open Championship are going to be – they're going to have to – they might have to go through qualifying. I And I do think, like, they're going to make the guys – like, the Taylor Gooches of the world. Like, I feel like they're going to – again, now he has become – he has gone from a nice little rising player to who, like, everyone kind of rooted for – to maybe the most hated golfer in the world besides Patrick, who's not named Patrick Reed. And it's hilarious yeah, so he, he because he just says the stupidest things. Yeah. And like, I, I don't care. Like if guys go to live or whatever, like I, I genuinely, I like Cam Smith's one of my favorite golfers. I would watch yeah, a awesome. stream just to watch Cam Smith. He's unbelievable. Like, I would, I just like watching the person. Yeah. Like, he ran Chicago. Like he, yeah, ran he's, it. <laughs> he's, but like Taylor, Taylor Gooch, like fine, go to live, like take your money, but like don't go bash the tour as if you were mistreated on the tour, dude. Like you're living a better life than fucking everyone. And then sue him. And then yeah, sue him. Exactly. Like don't like to me that was garbage. The guy suing the tour as if the tour was like just you know ruining their lives, paying them millions of dollars a year, and they're getting millions of dollars in sponsor deals, like give it a, give it a rest. Like to me, I didn't like that. Um, cause like I, like when Taylor Gooch went, I was like, hey, like good for him. And then he starts suing the tour. I'm like, oh yeah. Cause they treated you so poorly. Yeah. I have like, always yeah. said, I have always said the one person you need to be like in this is Pat Perez because Facts. Pat Perez came out immediately and he <laughs> said, I love the PGA tour. I love the time that I had there. I played on it for 20 years. I can't compete on it anymore. Liv offered me, he, they, he didn't say how much, but yeah. Liv offered me $15 million to yeah. come play on this tour. I couldn't say no. Same with Harold Varner. It's like respect. Yeah. Just thank you for just saying it. Yeah. Like as soon as you come out and say that, like, I'm good. 
and and I'm good with Harold Varner. I kind of felt bad when he was like, "Yeah, dude, I hate being hated. Why is everyone hating me right now?" I'm like, yeah, you knew you were gonna get a bit of pushback, man. But like, it's okay. Yeah. Like, it's fine. But then it's like when I hear Matt Wolf saying like how much he missed team golf, I'm like, no, dude, no, you you just you you had a really really good rookie two first two years, good rookie, really good rookie year, good second year. You kind of falling off a little bit go make your money i'm proud of you man but like yeah don't don't do that <laughs> i know it's like and then it's like fucking patrick reed's like i wanted more time with my family he's playing seven straight weeks all over asia yeah it's like yeah bro just say you took the money and everyone on tour hates you it's fine just say it right yeah. like and now he's suing the tour too it's like yeah there's cool. still like seven of them i think they said phil might drop it because like live technically became like a plaintiff so i bet you a lot more guys are going to drop out of it now the yeah. only guys who's not going to is taylor gooch and patrick reed probably hudson swafford too because he he he, he, he <laughs> sued a, he, he him and matt jones sued as well as taylor gooch to try to get back in the fedex cup playoffs which was hilarious yeah it's like i don't know you can't i don't know like if you leave it's both just, ways too though like you know what i mean like yeah I, sometimes billy horschel goes a little bit too hard in the paint on those guys rory and too. Come, and i love i'm a rory guy diehard rory yeah. guy but like oh yeah like when he just makes comments like this like you're just bringing more attention to it yeah yeah like just drop it rory like you won your 21st thing like good for you man like just celebrate it enjoy it like you don't need to start digging it live because right? then you're just yeah. bringing attention to it. You're literally taking attention away from your PGA Tour win. And I'm dying. Norman dude. did not take that one kindly either. It was very, very no. funny. It, was, it was, may not have been the best choice, but like Greg, Greg, Greg was like, all right, gloves are off. Like I was yeah. like, dude, that's a, when Rory goes one more than Norman, huh? I was like, holy <laughs> shit, let's go. <laughs> oh, that was funny. That was I funny. Know. Oh man. So Ryan, I know, um, I know we've kept you for a little bit and we really do appreciate your time. We do have Timmy already asked one of our now four ending questions. Cause we now have the greatest question known to man, but, uh, Timbo, I will let you go with your, the rapid fire and end of, uh, end of, end of podcast. Nice little questions that we have. Well, we already know the answer to one of them because he said it was his favorite, that is true. favorite golf hole, but so the one of the questions we ask is if uh, you could build or have any golf hole in your backyard, which golf hole would that be? And so we're guessing mm -hmm. it would be 18 at Wingfoot on the west course. You said, but if yeah. but you this core this hole could have all the scenery. This hole could have you know like say it's something at Pebble Beach. It has all the cliffs and all that whatever. Um, but if you look in your backyard. Look out that window, and you can have any golf hole you played over and over. Which golf hole would you have? So the wing eighteen at Wingsfoot, I couldn't play that every day, man. I would, I go <laughs> insane. Uh, five, five at Bethpage Black. Five, okay. which is the it's like the zigzag par five with the green is perched up kind of at the top of a hill. Yes, you have to carry so, um, off the drive. Do you have to carry that big bunker thing um, off the drive, or am I thinking of a different hole? No, yeah. Well, your second shot is the carry over that huge bunker. The second shot. The second shot. Okay. Have you played Bethpage? No, 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 no. Just, okay. just on so, video games and, and whatnot. <laughs> so I, I play a good amount. My favorite thing about Bethpage, I got to go there soon. I'm going to go there next week now that we're talking about it. Wow. 
Um, I love that place. So if you guys are willing to go, uh, we should set something up. It probably oh, wouldn't be yeah. too bad of a draft for you guys. But um, so like the really cool thing about the fifth hole is that part of the course is hidden. So like one comes out, it's a dog leg right down the hill, right off the clubhouse. And that's where the sign is. And like everyone will be watching you. And then two, you cross the road and it's kind of like a sneaky little dog leg left uphill part four. And then the third hole is a part three. Sorry, Beth page back number four. My apologies. Number four, I said five. So at, you can't even see this part of the course until you turn from the third green around these trees and then it opens up and it's like the coolest thing in golf, in my opinion. Like the whole oh, course awesome. just opens up and you're like, this is sick. Um, and like the hole is just gorgeous. So that's like my probably, if I could, I could play that hole every day. And like the, I don't know, it's like hidden and then it just appears and you're like, whoa, like this is cool. So we should, we should go there guys one time. Uh, we can definitely. Yeah, in 100%. It's like a three hour drive for us. Yeah. It's actually not too bad at all. It's actually, it's, it's not bad. I, I had to drive to Farmingdale for work and I was like, do I bring my golf clubs? I'm like, yeah. I'm really thinking about it, but then I did. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the way to do it will be, we'll camp. I'll go early, get a spot because you only need one car and you just need to be at that car in the morning. You guys could drive down and get there a little bit later. We'll have an early spot, camp out for the night, have a good time, play in the morning. That'd be the way to do it. I almost want to like have the whole experience. Like, I don't want you to have to wait there by yourself. I almost want to do the whole shebang and get there super early just to, for the story. You know, it's, did you really play Beth Page if you didn't camp out in your car? I agree. It's like, that's, that's part of the experience. You sleep for like four hours, you sleep terribly, and then you go play one of the hardest golf courses in the world and it's dewy in the morning. You're tired. It's a little cold. And you just get you shoot ninety five and and you have fun. Oh, it's it's so hard. <laughs> it's awesome though. That's cool. I'm in. Um, wow, yeah, good, good answer though. I like that. I'm I'm picturing it now. Um, I just looked it up on the map. Oh, it, almost on the right. The right side is all woods, right? Yeah, and you could drive through the fairway on that side and go right into those. Okay, and. It, it on the on google maps it looks like there's like some sort of like uh like corn maze or like crop circle over on the right side which is weird it, it might just been there when uh oh really when they took the picture but yeah That's i weird. don't know it's weird so there's like a crop circle <laughs> right next to it. oh yeah but um but anyway love the answer that's good um so our next question want to save the other one for last brendan the good yes, one for always last. save the last one for last all right all right. Uh, so this one is another golf related question. So you were stranded on an island, Ryan. You're stranded on an island. You have unlimited golf balls. Whatever golf ball you play, Pro V1s, TPX, whatever you play, I don't know what you play. You can only bring one club. Which club are you bringing? Hmm. Definitely not my driver. Definitely not my putter. <laughs> um, I get bored. Bad choice. That. Poor choice. On an island. Either that's hard, man. Um, one club, and you're just stuck on the island. You just get one golf club. You're you're stuck on an island. I don't know. It could be a year. It could be ten years. You can only bring one golf club, but you can hit as many balls into the water. You can chip around. You can, I don't know, whatever, whatever club you bring. 
on this little island that you got. So you can't like make a golf course. It's tough for a golf designer like yourself. I'm, to. I'm taking my three iron with me, I think. Three iron. I love it. I like and, it. Cause like, like I was thinking my immediate thought was a sand wedge. Cause I like chipping and stuff, but it's like, you ever see the video of John Rahm hitting a flop shot with a four iron? It's like, I would just learn how to do that. <laughs> learn how to hit some stingers. You can do everything with it. So I'd take my three iron. Everything. And I feel like the three iron. So like, uh, spoiler alert, I said putter because I stink at putting and I need to get better at putting. So that's why I did that. Um, but the three iron it, or a, a long iron for me would probably be a go-to just because I don't hit it well right now. And I feel like that would be like, okay, like we're here for a year. We're going to learn how to compress the ball. <laughs> like We're going to learn to do this. There, there might not be anything more satisfying than hitting a, a, a dynamite, three, a good long iron. It's the best. It's the it best. really is. Watching <laughs> a four iron is a feeling that I think I've felt three times in my entire life. And every time <laughs> it felt glorious. It is a very satisfying feeling. You yes. know when you get it too. There's it's either you don't get it or you get it. And when you get it, it's good. Oh, and when yeah. you don't, you don't. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> Your hands are rattling, you're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> it goes like it literally just goes whoop, like 20 <laughs> yards down. <laughs> oh shit um all right now this one may throw you for a left-hand turn right here ryan do you think a cake would be more offended to be called a pie or would a pie be more offended to be called a cake i think a cake would be more offended a cake would get more offended being called a pie i like it i like it that's how most people have been answering on the podcast we we did have the trill golf last guys last weekend go pie pie would be more offended. So now we got to hear it. Now we got to hear why. The answers are so split. It's unbelievable. It's like, just like if I'm a cake, right? Someone goes, you look, I, and was like, you look like a pie. I'd be like, damn, I'd be like, I look pretty fucking shitty. Now, if I was a pie and someone goes, oh, you look like a cake, I'd be like, ah, you know, cakes are, cakes are pretty good. I must be looking pretty good. So that's, that's my thought right there. Oh, that's mm. incredible. <laughs> I like it. Now, the follow up question that I always have because I'm a big boy. What do you like better, cake or pie? Oh, cake, dude. Any day. Oh, no, 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 no. Pie all the way. Pie, you only get very, very special. It's usually Thanksgiving and Christmas, and that's it. That's true. See, like, I, I, I like pies, too. I'm not anti. I'm a huge pie guy. But cake, like, I, dude, like red velvet cake, I just eat endlessly. Wow. We also take out cheesecake because cheesecake, like you can't, you can't do, you can't put cheesecake in here because like most of the time cheesecake is going to win. Like, unless you are a very, unless you really don't like cheesecake, I feel like cheesecake almost always wins when it comes to dessert contests. So we're like, we take it's it, like we, cheesecake is here. We take it out. So we only go ice cream cake is allowed in the cakes, but we, we, we try and stay away from it, but you know, any type of pie. Brendan, we have to ban cheesecake because cheesecake is a pie and a cake combined. Combined into one. Yeah, no, you can't. You can't. You can't not. We have to ban cheesecake. Cheesecake yeah. is banned. <laughs> and everyone would choose it. Everyone would choose it. It's an unbelievable dessert. Honestly, I, I would not. I would not choose it, to be honest. Oh, oh I, I like man. Dude, I, I love cake. <laughs> I love cake. <laughs> loves a cake guy. So red velvet is your yeah. go-to. That cheesecake. Oh yeah, red velvet. But then if you get 
If you had like a chocolate cake with vanilla icing, it's just so good. Ooh, yeah. Now we're talking. I do like that. That little opposites uh, icing to cake combination. I do like that. Ooh, that's How, what are your thoughts on funfetti cake? What's funfetti cake like? It's the it's the cake with like or confetti cake. Is it confetti cake? It, it's funfetti. the cake where they have yeah funfetti, right? Yeah. But I always thought it's the cake with like the little thingies inside it. Sprinkles. It's like sprinkles. Oh and everything yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. I know what you're talking about. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. I enjoy it if I have it, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't like. So your go-to. Like I need that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So your go-to right now is either a red velvet cake. Or chocolate cake with vanilla icing. Yeah. All right. So you're, a, you're a cake connoisseur. We no, I'm not. I'm not like, I love desserts, but I'm pretty good at not eating them. My mom is a really good baker. So my mom bakes a cake. I like the, the chocolate with the vanilla icing. But if I'm out, like maybe the once every two years, I'm at like a nice restaurant, red velvet as dessert all day. Awesome. Are you in or out on carrot cake? In. <laughs> it's good. It's good. But I'm not like I'm not a I'm not a diehard. I'm not a diehard, but it's good. That was the best in that, that I think was... we could that is like the most carrot cake in where you're just like, I think I'm in. I might be in. Like I'm kind of in. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carrot cake. Yeah, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Oh, I, I, I get behind that. Oh, I swear was... to God, like sometimes we will go like an entire with this question now, like we have gone like I think down like 35, 40 minute rabbit holes just down dessert. <laughs> so oh. like be very, be very happy, Ryan, that you were so quick with the cake because we have gotten into either heated arguments or like people just wavering. <laughs> like, because they'll go back and forth the entire time. It's unbelievable. That's that carrot funny. cake thing just made my night. That was just <laughs> that's so funny. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good. That was a good. That was good. I like that carrot cake. That's All right, funny. Ryan. Well, thank you so much, man. We very much appreciate you coming on. It was unbelievable to be able to talk about uh, golf life golf course golf, golf courses everything we really really appreciate you coming on man uh anything you want to shout out before before we say goodbye to to our lovely listeners no thank, thanks for having me that was uh that was a really good time um uh, <laughs> that, that was that was really really fun so you know we'll definitely do it again i gotta get you guys my number too uh we should absolutely play man we'll, we'll play beth page for sure yeah. Oh, dude, that would be sick. Thank you so much, Ryan. We appreciate shout out, it. Shout out Beth Page Black. <laughs> <laughs>